0: Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Promises Behavioral Health. If you're struggling through the pains of alcohol or drug addiction or a mental health disorder, now is the time to seek the help that you need. Let this be an opportunity to get back on track and get back to finding the real you. You're not alone and Promises Behavioral Health is here and it can help. Now, we've worked with Promises for years. We know their teams personally. We have some great relationships with them. And most importantly, we trust Promises, and so can you. To learn more about Promises treatment options near you, for you, or your loved one, here's what you can do. Go to Promises.com slash Soberguy. That's Promises.com slash Soberguy. Or you can call 888-205-1890. That's 888-205-1890. Tell them that you heard about them from That Sober Guy Podcast.
1: That Sober Guy Podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised.
0: I'm Shane Rammer. You're listening to That Sober Guy Podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. Hope you're doing well out there. If you've been tuning in for a long time to the show, I appreciate you supporting that sober guy podcast and all of our partners and men and women who have become part of the sober guy family got a great guest for you today another throwback episode that i thought was important to share a real quick shout out to humans music as well always love those guys helping to bring us in the show Check them out and go to humansmusic.com or just go on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your tunes at. Great dudes doing it live from Canada all the way to the United States. Our guest today is Marcus Ogden. And Marcus was drafted uh, into the NFL in 2003. He played as an offensive lineman with the Tennessee Titans, the Buffalo Bills. Baltimore Ravens and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And after five years of playing in the league, he decided to retire and he decided to pursue a career in construction and contracting. Uh, You know, I think people think NFL and all of its glory and excitement and uh, even fame or fortune. Man, when you take a look at some of these grown men who have done this for a living, man, it is hard taxing on your body on your mind on your spirit on your emotional uh status your emotional being um and it's you know i don't know what the average uh, well i I have heard the saying nfl stands for not for long (laughs) and that's not that's not any slight to anybody uh of course including marcus he played for five years in the league which is it's, it's actually a pretty decent time five years um, because it is so tough on your body and your, and your mind and your spirit. And, um, what do you have to fall back on? You know, is the question, what, what else we do? Because the majority of the, of the people who play in the NFL, they don't, you know, I don't know what the average length is. I would guess one to two years. I, I should probably verify that or look it up, but I'm not going to right now. Cause I'm a lazy ass. So <laughs> Someone else can, if you'd like to feel free, but I, I imagine it's not that long. And, um, you know, so what do you have to fall back on? And, and Marcus, uh, decided to fall back on a career in construction and contracting. And a few years later, his life literally began to fall apart. Um, he struggled to stay sober, uh, after his, you know, when he was really just at the lowest of the low, he took a part-time job as a custodian. Uh, he started working out, uh, he started feeding his body with, good food again, getting healthy, getting sober. He lost over a hundred pounds and he went on to become a motivational speaker, a best selling author, uh, a leader in marketing uh, and helping others build success. And uh, he also put a book out called the success cycle, which we talk about in the podcast. Uh, it's three keys for achieving your goals in business and life. So we discussed some of that. Uh, some of that success size, uh, success cycle. Just to give you a quick preview, um, it's just kind of three parts to it: ambition, uh, number one, number two, drive. Well, go back to ambition real quick. Creating a plan for your success and uh, for the work that you're doing, and then the drive. What is uh, what's your why? You know, we talk about that quite a bit on this podcast, and I have a lot of great conversations just in general. I think about this on when we can find our why. It helps drive us uh, to do what we enjoy to do, to, to do what we feel passionate about, to do what, what makes us feel alive. And that goes for quitting drinking, kicking other bad habits, being a father, an entrepreneur, a fa- you know raising a family, um, being the best at the work that you do. Go down the list of different things we can apply that to. When we have a solid why in there, To drive us, man, it's huge. And then the third one is just flat out hard work. You got to be willing to outwork uh, your competition. You got to be willing to grow, continue to work hard, work smart, so you can be the best. A couple other things I thought were important I wanted to point out, and then we're going to get to the to the podcast here in just a sec. How to tell the difference between ego and confidence? How to tell the difference between ego and confidence? That's a that's a big question that I've had, that I continue to try to learn about through my own experience and through talking to other people. Um, but what is that? You know, we, we want to be confident, but we don't want to be arrogant and egotistical at the same time. So is there a balance in that? So we discussed that a bit and Marcus has a great take on that. Um, we also talk about why it's important to have a coach, a mentor, um, a sponsor, somebody, uh, to, you know, to bounce ideas off, to talk to, to have accountability for, uh, check in with, uh, and, and support. And that could be in a group format. It could be a one-on-one. Um, it, in some cases it could be a spouse, you know, but I, I think it's important that, um, that, you know, there's different options out there and different people look at it differently, but the basis I feel like is the same. We need to have a, a, a support system. So we talk about that a bit. Uh, and then also one of my other favorite topics we also talk about the victim mentality. What does that look like? How do we get rid of that? Um, why does that happen? And uh, and how can we address it? And we'll first become conscious of it if, uh, if it's something that we're struggling with. And then how do we get over it? I know that was something I struggled with for many, many, many years. And it's very eye-opening to first become aware of it and then start to do work on it. Uh, so we're going to get to Marcus in just a minute. First, you can find all of our resources, like our free 10-day guide to help jumpstart your life without alcohol. You can find our 30-day Quit Drinking Dude Challenge, uh, 30 podcasts in 30 days with exercises, support, become part of the Men's, uh, men's Sober Guy group on Locals. Um, you can also find more podcasts, meetings, all the resources. If you want to contact uh, that sober guy, you can hit the contact button on there. If you have questions, comments, uh, feel free to do that. And you can do all this by going to thatsoberguy.com. It's www.thatsoberguy.com. Follow us on Instagram at thatsoberguypodcast. We'll put all the links to the show notes uh, for this podcast in the show notes section. And uh, if you want to check out Marcus Ogden, it's marcusogden.com. And then once again, his book and his Instagram at Marcus Ogden as well. We'll put that in the show notes. So let's get to the podcast. I hope you all are doing amazing today. And I hope you enjoy the conversation I got to have. So honored to have with uh, former NFL lineman Marcus Ogden. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, man. It's good to be with you. How you doing, Shane? Thanks for having me on. Man, you doing all right today? I'm I'm doing great, man. You know, I uh we got up early this morning and my wife and I got just a great workout in, man. It was called the Coyote. It just literally kicked my butt. Just like 20 short rounds of box jumps and burpees and uh, some thrusters, all kinds of fun stuff, man, at the gym. So it's always good to start Hi. the day out like that. Yeah. So yep. uh, right. how, how, wait. how are you, man? Do you start your day out a lot with a good workout. What does that look like for you?
1: Same for me. I go to the gym every day. I'm home getting that gym in, that workout in, lifting, and really focusing on the mind, body, and spirit, and soul. And if I don't get a workout in, it's just my day's not going to be effective. So I got to get in there every day.
0: Yeah, that's good. I know you kind of feel out of balance, out of whack, the mind, the body, everything just not lined up on those days uh, where, where where it's tough to get it in or you don't get it in. Um, well, we're gonna talk about the book today. Uh, first of all, congratulations on uh, the launch of that. Uh, we just spoke a little bit before we started recording and, and you said it's doing really, really well, man. They've already ordered a second batch of copies. That's awesome. So I just wanna say congrats to you on that. I know it's a lot of work to put in.
1: Thanks, man. It took us about almost two years. My wife was the ghostwriter. And it's a lot of work, man, like you said, between getting the content out, writing it out, editing, going back and forth, layouts, you know, production. But the success cycle came out January 28th, 2020. And like you said, we're doing very, very well. We're very excited about it. My wife and our team is excited about the growth and how how it's helping us To grow our brand on a national and international scale
0: yeah that's awesome man um and and speaking of the success cycle i kind of put down the three points here ambition drive and hard work and i want to dive into those and have you kind of unpack them a little bit but first i thought maybe we can just have you share a little bit of your story man you've had some peaks and some valleys um you you were a former nfl player you are a former nfl player maybe jump into that and give us a little background about yourself
1: Sure, Shane. So I'm from Washington, D.C. Uh, my brother Jonathan and I are from the D.C. area. He played in the NFL for the Baltimore Ravens for 12 years. I was uh, a good football player in high school. I ended up getting a full scholarship to Howard University. Went to Howard University, played football as a four-year start at offensive office of tackle. I was drafted to the NFL in 2003 by Jack Del Rio, who used to be the linebacker coach with the Ravens when my brother won the Super Bowl. So I knew Jack, amazing guy, great coach, great leader. And he's actually now with the Redskins as a defensive coordinator. So he's back in football. I'm loving seeing that. He's just a great coach with lots of great uh, information, tons of knowledge. And I went from Jacksonville, went to Baltimore, then went to Buffalo and finished up with the Titans. And I had a great career, almost six years in the National Football League. After that, I struggled with transition. Uh, I got hooked on alcohol, painkillers, you know, nightlife, and I ended up, for about six months, just really feeling sorry for myself, you know, mm-hmm. defiling myself, because I was like, man, who am I? Yeah. Am I who am I? Am I, I I'm, I'm, football is my identity. And I tell you all the time now, football is a platform. It's a job. It's not who you are. Mm-hmm. So I try to tell young athletes, your sport is not your identity, you are your identity. So once I got myself together, I found a construction company in 2008 when the market tanked, and we grew to be the largest African-American subcontracting company in the area of site work for two years in Baltimore City and in the state of Maryland. That was an eight-figure-a-year business. And as the company grew, changed so did my ego, my bravado, you couldn't tell me anything, and my employees picked up on that culture and it's steeped into their everyday being. And in 2013, I lost the company after spending close to two to two and a half million dollars in less than 90 days, did my Mm -hmm. work. uh, It was approved by the contractor, by the developer, but they denied the change order because I had no signed contract because I trusted the client and I thought they would take care of me and it didn't happen that way. So after that I moved from Baltimore to Carolina. I was basically had a couple hundred bucks in my pocket. We were broke. Uh, my my fiance who got my wife and I had some really challenging times and when I got down here and I was working for Merrill Lynch, I got a job. The NFL helped me get a job. Was working for Merrill Lynch, got fired about 2 months later. All my fault. Got a job the next to construction company got fired five days later (laughs) because they shut down the organizational materials and their sales and equipment shop. So then the only job I could get was coaching kids football, which was great, but I wasn't making enough money. But what happened is in August, all of my kids were going to season. So I was already not making a lot of money to begin with, but then when the season started, all my clients stopped coming because they were what? In season. Mm. So the only job I could get was a custodian working for $8.25 an hour on the graveyard shift in downtown Raleigh. And I tell people all the time, having the job as a custodian was not a low point. It was a job. I was grateful to have it. What was my low point is when someone's trash and their spoiled milk and their banana peels and their rotten meat got on my bare skin on my work shift about 4.30 in the morning on my work shift. And I had said to myself, all right, what in the hell has happened to your life? Mm. And I realized Shane, that the thing that was missing from my life was accountability. I always blamed somebody else for not the job didn't go right, it was my employee's fault, my partner's, the contract. Like It was everybody's fault under the sun, but Marcus Sneed Ogden. And that day I realized, okay, Marcus, you had an NFL career, you were accountable to your coaches, your teammates, and to your your craft, your construction company. You were accountable, and when it was good, to your partner, your employees, your family, everyone. So that's what's missing. So you got a choice. You can either put accountability into your life now, or you can spend the rest of your life doing exactly what you don't want to do, which is being handed what life gives you, Mm. not taking what you want. And that's when I say, I'm gonna become a speaker. And I launched my career in 2014, didn't get a paid job for two and a half years. And I finally got my first paid job in April 2016 uh, for uh, Millermott College in Wilmington, North Carolina. And I haven't looked back since. I've worked for 13 Fortune 500 brands. Of the 13 eight are Fortune 100. I'll actually be doing a big job next month. Uh, February 12th or 13th for Liberty Mutual uh, in Boston. Uh, I've worked for clients like New York Life to Home Depot to Axe Advisors to NFL player engagement. And I tell you all the time in my life as the speaker, I've taken my experiences and put into stories with action steps. But most of the time, people struggle with this craft or any other craft where you have to put in a lot of work. Everybody wants success today. Doesn't happen that way. It took me six years. Well, it took me almost two years to get my first paid job, two and a half years to get my first paid job. It's taken me almost really about five years to really build this to where people know our brand as a speaker, consultant, author. In football, it took me uh, eight years, all of high, I'm sorry, nine years, all of high school, five years of college being an NFL player. Construction, it took me four years to build that first eight-figure year uh, income annually. So my book, our first book took us two years to write. Our second book took us almost two years to write. Nothing happens with success overnight. So when I tell people all the time, they've got to learn to accept that and be consistent, then it's up to them what they want to do or they they don't, it's up to to them at that point.
0: Yeah, that's good, man. And thank you for sharing a little bit about uh, background story. Uh, it's crazy, man, the ups and the downs of that. Uh, and and I think it's such a good point that we want that immediate gratification, especially those of us in recovery. We want to see results immediately. We don't see a lot of the time people's success, the struggles, the time that took, the sacrifices, all those things that went into it. And one thing I wanted to uh, to kind of bring up here and maybe have you touch on a little bit is you had, I'm a firm believer that that God has big things for anybody and a purpose for everybody um, when we're on that path and we're open to it. And when we're playing that victim role, it's impossible to, to even acknowledge that, let alone uh, thrive into what God really has for us. So my question for you is, and for those out there listening, um, I want you to really listen uh, to what Marcus has to say. And I'm, I'm curious myself, is how do you overcome And how do you get out of having the door slammed in your face so many times in those downs when you're just at the lowest of the low and and you hit that bottom? How do you pull yourself up out of that um, and, and really get out of that victim mentality and move forward?
1: You have got to double down on your strengths and stop focusing on your weaknesses and focusing on what you don't do well. When doors get slammed in your face, it's not because you are a bad person. It's not because you may not be a valuable asset. It might be the person doesn't wanna spend money today. It might be the person looking for something different. It might be a person's having a bad day. But when you start focusing on the weaknesses all the time, now again, you need to know what your weaknesses are to improve them, but you shouldn't be focusing on them. You should be focusing and doubling down and betting the house on your strengths. And also, you have to be confident at all times. Even if you're having a bad day, you have to maintain confidence. And you do that with yeah. three things. One is good, excellent physiology. Second is controlling your mental focus. Be grateful for what you have, stop complaining about what you don't have. Hmm. And the third thing, you have to really believe to your core that you deserve success. If you can do those three things and be always confident, no matter what you're facing, if you can always just double down and bet the house on your strengths and stop complaining about your weaknesses, Mm, you can push through anything.
0: One of the things that I've really struggled with personally and think about a lot is how how to differentiate I think I said that correctly, uh, ego, yeah. ego and confidence, right? Like, because especially for, you know, the, the ego can get a hold of us. And then all of a sudden, before we know it, we don't even know we have this ego, but it exists. We all have it to some extent, no matter what we're human beings. How do you kind of go from being confident, um, being confident in the work you do, being confident in yourself, being confident in your recovery, your program, whatever it is, and kind of making sure that that ego doesn't get the best of that.
1: Here's where it is, Shane. Confidence is not something we're born with. Mm. Confidence is what we need to turn on at a specific time or moment to execute a task. Confidence should be coming on, for example, when I played football, a game in college, the NFL, I would be confident to go and execute that game. The minute the game was over, my confidence came down that I didn't need it. I'm going to everyday life you have an ego you're confident all the time even when you don't need to be mm. and this is why i lost my business i was confident when i woke up in the morning when i took the shower when i got to the uh, office when i went to job sites when i was talking to people every freaking second of the day i was always confident that's an ego But when you're someone who can turn it on to execute a specific task and then turn it off and go back to your normal, everyday disposition as a humble, very listening, open person, that's confidence. So again, ego is when you're confident every single freaking day of the day, of the week, of the year, and you don't know how to be humble. When you are confident, you turn it on to execute a task then once that test is completed, you come back down to reality and you come off that high. That's what it's all about.
0: So good guys listening, rewind that and listen to it three or four times. I know I'm going to again, cause that's good right there. And that's a, uh, that's, that's a take on it. I haven't, I haven't quite heard yet. So thank you. Um, I want to get into the book. I have one more quick question for you before we do that. Um, sure. You, you mentioned, um, you mentioned, um, uh, prescription, medication, alcohol, that's a part of your story. And obviously being that we have, a, you know, most of the people either have someone that struggles with addiction or, or is in recovery themselves. Um, what are your thoughts on that, man? Can you share a little bit more about that, about your story, how you kind of pulled yourself out, yourself out of that and how you've been able to remain sober?
1: Yep. So basically it's really about taking it a day at a time. And when I was hooked on painkillers, especially, It was just my coping mechanism, and it was my way to escape reality. And then once the high was gone, I woke up, I was like, man, where am I? Oh, I'm in the same place I was when I got that way, Mm -hmm. when I got here. Mm -hmm. So when I stopped trying to find an out, when I stopped trying to mask the pain of not being a football player anymore, losing my father suddenly, unexpectedly, at only 57, I'm sorry, 58 years of age, you know, going through all the process. That, I'm sorry, let me go back. He was 57. Mm. He passed away at 57 years of age. So young. And I, it was unexpected, and he was young, and it was not. Uh, it was not a pleasant way to go. And you know, all the things. And I said, you know what? And that's what happened. Is one day I woke up and I said, okay, Marcus, let's get some help because your father would not want you to continue to do what you're doing mm. because you're missing him and you're not dealing with. The reality that you're no longer a professional athlete that you don't have them anymore so once i did that then I, I went to the nfl and i started getting some help and once i was able to get help i realized that everything starts with me if i'm gonna be healthy and be in a good state of mind i have to believe i deserve it and i have to go through and i have to do it if if i don't believe that chain, Nobody can tell me or make me believe it. So it all, so recovery or feeling good, getting back to healthy starts with you. You have to change your value system. And basically you have to create habits because your habits are your values in motion. Mm -hmm. So if you are someone who values health, right? And wellness, that habit is going to the gym. If you're someone that values a stable marriage and relationship, well you're, habit is going to be to have open dialogue with your spouse. So it's the same principle. You have to really redefine your values and create habits around those healthy values and make sure that you are executing the habits. And the habits are, again, are your values in motion. You need to be executing that at a high level. You can then get your life back on track.
0: That's good, man. How important is health and, and exercise and diet for you in recovery and just in life in general?
1: It's everything. Because if you're not healthy or you don't feel good about yourself, what are you going to do? Complain. Mm. You're going to gripe. You're yeah. going to moan. And once you start that, what are you doing? You're playing the victim, victim. role. Yep. The, minute the victim role starts. It doesn't stop. It yeah. becomes, oh, I had a bad day. Oh, I had a bad week. Oh, I had a bad month. why so I tell you why I go speak. If you have a bad day and you're a salesperson, you have to go home, take a shower, rinse it off, wake up in the morning with a new positive mindset and say, I deserve to be better than I was yesterday. And I'm going to do better today. You cannot allow negativity to seep into your mind consistently because if you do, that creates unhealthy, bad values and then you start executing really bad habits
0: yeah that's good man i'm pumped up right now shoot man that's good stuff <laughs> i dig it that's um, i mean i can speak i just yeah. hear it there you know what i mean <laughs> i love it man no it's good uh well let's let's jump into the book a little bit man um you know like i mentioned earlier it just came out uh the success cycle um that that's that's uh the, pretty much the basis of the book right i mean i, I know there's mm-hmm. you mentioned there's uh is there short stories? there as well? Or was that the previous book?
1: There is. Yep, there There is. is. You know, we have a backstory in the beginning. You can a little bit know about who I am, where I came from. And then we get into different facets of ambition and how I had to set goals to become a speaker. We talk about things in my life where I had to set goals. We get into uh, talking about drive, really focusing on inspiration over motivation. When you're inspired to make a real change, that's when the magic happens. If you're motivated for a short term, you're not gonna be successful. That's why I tell people all the time, Shane, I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm an inspirational keynote speaker. Mm. If I've motivated you, I haven't done my job. If I've inspired you, I've done my job. And then hard work, focusing on you, not the competition. You said it earlier. Everyone looks at people on social media Oh, Oh, they've got the great life oh they've got the boats oh they've got the homes you have no idea what goes on off social media so why are you only looking at what people put out that that shows you their greatness Mm. but doesn't show you parts about their real life or who you are right or who they are so that's the whole point the point is you have to put yourself in that position to achieve success. And you do that by focusing on ambition, being driven and hard work. So again, be ambitious, set your goals, create a roadmap, be driven, be inspired over being motivated. And then when it comes to number three, which is gonna be hard work, focus on you, not the competition.
0: Yeah, that's good. And I I love you mentioned this, I think earlier, I can't remember if it was before we were recording or in the conversation so far. But um, one of the big things is, you know, you could be a great speaker, you can motivate people, you can get people riled up. But what's the takeaways? What am I taking away from this? What are some applicable points that I can use in everyday life? That's really where, um, where I think that, that some growth can come in. What are some of the takeaways from the book that you, that you might be able to share that might make one uh, people want to check it out? The
1: takeaways are we're going to teach you how to set goals, right? We're going to teach you about playing on your strengths, not focusing on your weaknesses. What are some opportunities for you to expand your brand? What are the threats to minimize it. When we talk about inspiration, we start talking about different ways you can be inspired, action steps. Again, meditation, focusing on being healthy, focusing on making a real change, your diet. A lot of that's in the book as well. talking about hard work, talking about ways to focus on you, creating yourself, like scheduling your time management, charts to be able to manage your progress, KPIs, look at, you know, where were you, uh, where are you today? Where are you going to be in three months? Where are you going to be in six months? It's all about applying and creating organized information to get you from A to Z. That's all it's about.
0: So we've talked about uh, some physical stuff, um, some, some mental stuff as, uh, as well. Um, what is your, What does your spiritual program look like? I mean, you just mentioned meditation. I mean, meditation, prayer. I know for me, that's such a huge part. And I'm not perfect at it by any means, but I, I'm very conscious of it. And I, I always know... Um, I can feel inside when I'm kind of out of whack or I'm a little bit off, and and usually it goes back to oh well you haven't prayed or meditated in a couple of days like you, you probably need to get back and do that. And I think that for me that just comes with with um, getting to know myself a little a little bit better, uh, especially since I got sober. What does your uh, spiritual program look like? Uh, what kind of tips do you have for anyone?
1: Same thing. I'm all about, you know, praying, being healthy, keeping everything in succinct and in succinct motion. And that if I'm not being someone that's working on myself or always trying to find ways to get back to faith and just, you know, utilize that in the best light and utilize it as a way to, like you said, build some consistency. Yeah. If I'm not doing that, then we have a problem. So I agree with you between prayer, meditation, you know, uh, focusing, uh, you know, having people that you're talking to coaches or mentors and getting things out that need to be get gotten out. It's all about creating that process and that system. But faith for me and spirituality is a big part. I talk about that all the time. If I didn't have my faith chain, I literally would have not made it when I was trying to end my life with the bottle and that's really where my tattoos came in because I said, all right, well, if I keep doing the bottle, it's not what my dad wants. So the tattoos was my outlet to stop drinking so much. And that's why I got them. And now they're all family oriented, but that was my yeah. outlet and my release to the alcohol. So yeah. again, the spirituality, the family, everything else is a major part of who I am And without the faith. I would have not have made it back in two thousand it was about two thousand well it was end of two thousand six beginning two thousand seven when I was really in a dark place with the bottle. <sighs>
0: Yeah, it's funny you you mentioned coaching, um, and I don't know why it is, but uh, as kids we, we remain very coachable even when we get into our teens. A lot of us, and then we get to be grown men, and we think we got it all figured out. You know, I, I don't need, who needs a damn coach. You know what? Like how how important is coaching? How, like for me, I have a sponsor, I have mentors, I have people around me that can build me up, speak into me. I have people I can rely on to call if I'm going through something, get some advice, get get their take on something. Such a huge part of of growing. Both for me and just being a father, being a husband, being um, an entrepreneur, uh, all that stuff. Um, what's your take on coaching, man? Do dudes need a coach, or what do you think?
1: Everybody needs a coach. Bill Gates has a coach. <laughs> That's good, right? Yeah. If Bill Gates, who's a, who's one of the richest men in the world, has a coach, right? LeBron James has a coach on the basketball court, off the basketball court. Mm-hmm. Everyone, Tony Robbins has a coach. Mm. Everyone that's successful has a coach. Why? You need someone to push you out of your comfort zone into your breakthrough zone. That's good. There's three zones i feel in like. Comfort zone, breakthrough zone, arrogance zone. Mm. Your comfort zone's where you stay, where most of in society stay, because it's easy. It's comfortable. I can get yeah. up every day. Groundhog day. It's safe. I won't be very wealthy or I won't be a chance to live my life the way I want to live it, whatever that looks like for some people when it comes to success. But I'm going to stay right here, balled up, away from any type of trouble. Yeah, Breakthrough zones where the magic happens. Is there a risk? Of course there is. But you wanna, do you want to live your life just sitting there always saying, well, what if? Mm-hmm. Or what if i done this? Or regrets? You don't want to live like that. So that's where you need to be with your breakthrough zone to achieve greatness. The arrogance zone is where I got when I was at the breakthrough zone, but I shifted to the arrogance zone because you couldn't tell me anything. Mm. I was not coachable. I was not a good listener. And that's exactly why I went bankrupt. So yeah. anyone that's successful wants to achieve success, you need to invest in a coach. If you invest in a coach, you're going to get exactly where you want to be in life.
0: Yeah. I love that, man. And I love that. I love the word invest. We invest in a lot of things. And a lot of us forget that an investment into ourselves, uh, can have such a big payoff instead of trying to do it on our own. Everything, man. I know it, it, it just, uh, it's, it's made my life uh, and my growth, uh, in recovery. And just as a man, I think too, just having good people around that can help with that. So, uh, great advice right there. Uh, I have one last question for you and then we'll get in, uh, we're, we're right up against the time here, but I want to, um, make sure i I have all the show or the links uh to marcus's book in the show notes you can follow him on instagram and we'll get all that from him just before we uh wrap up but last question for you for anyone out there man who's struggling right now with addiction they got a loved one who's struggling uh maybe just going through it man they're in a spot where uh, they don't really know what to do um they don't know what what to who to reach out to um what what kind of tips or advice or any love man can you can you send their way
1: So what I would tell them is, first thing is, the person who's struggling or who's the addict, you need to let that person know that you're trying to help them for the right reasons. And again, you do not want to go and scold them. You don't want to go and make them feel bad. What you need to do is go to that person and say, look, you really excel at these strengths, X, Y, Z, when you're healthy. I want the healthy you back. With a healthy you, it's gonna help you be more productive in society. And just tell them this that they deserve to be healthy and in the right state of mind. And then at that time, you can then go and see some recovery centers or things of that nature in your area, but you have to go to that person and give them some confidence and give them some some you know, some give them some compliments. Otherwise, if you don't do that the person's going to be very standoffish, they're going to be very much like, oh, I don't want to do that. And then when that happens, what happens? They end up not wanting to go, yeah. or they end up going and not applying their, their all. So it's important to give people who are struggling some positive reinforcement, then help them get to where they need to go. Because if they, if they leave, if they leave where they are, and they have a positive state of mind, when they get to that recovery location, they're much more likely to work through it because they've left on a positive note.
0: Yeah, that's good. Uh, Marcus, man, thanks for taking some time with us today. Where can folks reach out to you? They want to find the book. They want to hit you up on Instagram. Uh, I think it's Marcus Ogden.com as well.
1: Yep. Yep. And they can find me on Instagram is at Marcus Ogden. They can find me on LinkedIn, Marcus Ogden. Twitter is at Marcus underscore Ogden. And then Facebook is at Marcus Ogden. And then my website is, www.MarcusOgden, M-A-R-Q-U-E-S-O-G-D-E-N.
0: All right, man. Thank you so much for taking some time with us on That Sober Guy Podcast, man. It's been great to chat with you and I learned a lot today, man. I hope everyone out there listening had a good time and uh, thank you again. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast with Marcus. If there's anything I can help with, feel free to contact us or find any of our resources at ThatSoberGuy.com. I hope some spoke to you today. I hope you learned something and I hope you can share what you learned in the podcast with a friend. Don't forget to connect with us on Instagram at that sober guy podcast. Check out Marcus at Marcus Ogden.com at Marcus Ogden on Instagram. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Peace, love, and respect. Keep your blood clean.